This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, before we get too far into things, welcome back. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. That's Ryan Horvat freaking out over there. What are you freaking out about? You all right? Vandy plus eight and a half. Vandy might win this game outright. They uh, just hit a corner three to go up 72-69 with about 28 seconds to go. Uh, unfortunately, we got a foul on the other end, but Vandy looking to pull off one of the bigger upsets in the SEC. Your boy called it, then we're on to Kentucky, but we got to get this one home first. Goodness, my guy's flopping around like a fish out there in D.C. I'm in Kansas City, and it's 2024, and let's just be honest, in the digital age, we've got a lot of like Facebook friends that we've never met. Some of us radio guys, we've done a bunch of shows together. We've never actually even shook hands. Our next guest is... Keith Pompey. And Keith, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, of course. I don't know if you remember this, but we've actually met face-to-face. We actually sat down together for a meal about 10 years ago in Lawrence, Kansas. You were covering Temple, and I think we were at 23rd Street Brewery. I got good memory, and I want to say you ordered the Bill's Health, which is macaroni and cheese with chunks of buffalo chicken you remember this yeah i remember that because when you when you were i saw you and i was like that's my there that's my man right there with with your sweatshirt remember i asked you i was like yo how come they didn't do the chant earlier and you was like oh because temple's good yeah i remember yeah yeah Yeah, the rock rock chant temple was hanging with them that game but so that that was the pre-mbku days that was obviously the pre-mbed philadelphia days Embiid yeah. obviously now is probably the best player in the world, although often injured. If you got your crystal ball in front of you, I know you keep it handy. Do you think it's in the cards? Like, do you think eventually he gets it right? They get the right players around him, and he wins a championship in Philly. Man, it might be. It's, it's probably going to be tough. I mean, just because you know, if if I had to bet, I would probably say no. And 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 the reason being is because. You know, Joel is getting a little bit older, and we're talking about his injury history. And, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that about time they finally get it together, like if they don't get it together this year or the next year, the window's probably going to close. You, you know what I mean? And, and that's not a knock against Joel. I mean, like you said, when he's, when he's healthy, he's the best player in the league. But I, I just feel like they got a lot of work to do with, in regards to getting – the right pieces around him. And by that time happens, it might be a little too late. Would you, did you agree with that before the injury? Because, you know, we were kind of on the show making the case for them a little bit in the East. Now Boston looks great, but I mean, we've seen Boston do this the last couple of years where even they were upset by Miami, you know, Milwaukee was struggling to figure some things out defensively. And now we'll talk some doc rivers. I'm sure here in a little bit, Cleveland's playing good basketball, but you just look at the East man and, you know, Tyrese Maxey's playing like a superstar. I really like Tobias Harris. 
And I thought Nick Nurse was the best pickup as far as a, a head coach this offseason. So before the injury, did you think that they were contenders or no? Still kind of the same? I did. I, I, I did. Be, be, before the injury, um, I, I felt like they were. You know, I, I felt like, um, you know, I know at that particular time they were number three in the East, but I felt like they were above the Milwaukee Bucks when you think of head-to-head and, and the team that would come out of that playoff series. Um you know, right now, a lot of players left, but it was funny because that team, you had Joel and you had a bunch of like blue collar, gritty players. Like you had another Kansas guy and, and Marcus Morris, you know, tough, tough guy. They got rid of these guys. So now it's kind of sort of like you don't really know what they have. I mean, I know Buddy Hill's a good player. Um, you know, campaign is a, a quality backup. Uh, Kyle Lowry is OK, is, is a good player, Hall of Famer. But at the same time, I, I just feel like right now when we look at this team, everything is totally predicated off of Joel Embiid's health. And if he's not healthy, um, they, could, they could be a play-in team. You know what I mean? So that's the tough part. Talk with my boy Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer here on Bet MGM tonight. What about Tyrese Maxey? Obviously, I don't think he's good enough to carry this team on his own shoulders, but what are we talking about here? Top five point guard in the league, top 15 player. How high are you on him? You know what? I, I do think that Tyrese Maxey can become a all NBA type player. I think that he could be around that third team type of player, you know, right now. Um, I, I think the thing about Maxey, he has such a, a phen- phenomenal season and a lot of it was playing off of Joel Embiid. I think right now he has to learn how to play you know, be the lead guy himself. And that's not a knock against him. It's just that that two-man game was working so well. And then he came out and then, you know, he had, uh, what, 50 points against Utah, 51 points against Utah, and everybody was like, wow, wow. And then the next game, everybody kept blitzing him, kept blitzing him. And he's played better, you know, um, with a Buddy Heald in the lineup. But at the same time, I feel like he's still trying to get his mix. But the thing about it is it's hard when you have a guy who's an all-star, a guy who's been doing all the things that he's done this year for him to not get all NBA, you know what I mean? Third team. So I do feel like he's been explosive enough and he's shown us what he can do that he'll get there. But um, yeah, but he's really reinventing himself all over again on how to play without Joel. You know, really quick, going back to Joel, you brought up kind of like a two-year window to get it done with him. Do you think that there's going to be some added pressure maybe this offseason? I know, you know, there's really not anybody that he could blame because they were playing pretty solid ball and then he had the injury. But it's just, you know, when we started the process, it was Ben Simmons. And, you know, a lot of people still upset over the decision to roll with Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, especially when we watched Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Any chance maybe he would look out, look to get out, maybe do a bigger mark, maybe do a market like, you know, New York or you know, change teams, or do you think he's uh, going to stick with it here for at least the next two years? You know, I, I think that he's going to uh, stick with it. But at the same time, I do think that it, there'll be some conversations and, and, and like, hey, like, what are you guys going to do? And, and then secondly, you know, you got to realize something about Joel and, and the Sixers. It's been, you know, the trade deadline uh, before that free agency period is all these times where they keep saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And then it's quiet and you're just looking at Joel. So I do feel like this summer has something has to happen. And if it doesn't happen this summer, 
then we could see where Joel starts to consider. And then you hear rumors about, hey, Joel wants to go to Miami or Joel wants to go to L.A. or something like that. But I do think that he's going to give them the, the benefit to see what they can do and see if they can work with them. But at the same time, I, I feel like Dowell Morey has to deliver this summer. Right now, Joel Embiid just needs to stay away from the dock. Speaking of Doc, see what I did there, boys? Uh, Doc Rivers, now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Keith, he was the head coach of the 76ers for a few years before. Uh, I think he sucks. I'm just going to be frank with you. I cannot believe that <laughs> they thought that was the answer. Like, they thought that was the answer, dude. I don't mind retreads. I get it. That's the NBA. That's the sport. But that's who they went with? Like, there's no way. I think that. They could have won a championship before with basically any coach. And then they hired him. And now I'm like, can I take my bet back? Because there ain't no way they win a championship with Doc Rivers, right? Oh, no. Like, the funny thing about Doc, yeah, Doc is easy to, like, you know, you have, you know, you have a lot of people who are extremely, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people critical (laughs) of Doc. The one thing that I will say about Doc, I'll say this about Doc, Joel Embiid's game, elevated under Doc Rivers. Now, the one thing that you can say that Doc needs to work on is his adjustments, especially in the postseason. You know, things like that. He can be a little bit stubborn and, and whatnot. Um, the, the thing is, I think with this Milwaukee team, it, it got off to a bad start. But my thing is, if you just let Dane be Dane and you let Giannis lead and do the things, I feel like, you know, Doc should be fine. It, uh, he just... You know, just don't get in his own way, so to speak. But, you know, it's funny that you said that because, like, you know, people in Philadelphia feel they they don't like Doc Pitted that way. A lot there's a lot of fans in Philly who don't like, huh? (laughs) They're smart. That's why Philly fans know what they're talking about. They might be a little bit boisterous and all those things, but I don't know, Ryan. You tell me, Doc. We're not on Team Doc on this team, are we? Probably, we'll see how it ends in Milwaukee. Probably not in Philly. Yeah. There's probably still some people in Boston. You guys see what I did there that like Doc, though. Do you still, hey. you know, do you still think, obviously, the team, the beat in the East, but, you know, like, did the Porzingis move, is that what gets them over the hump? You know, is that the rim protector, the extra score that they need? Uh, is Boston the team for you in the Eastern Conference this year? They are. And, it, you know, it, it's Porzingis, but it's, it's bigger than that. I, I think it really goes down to, like the, the two guys that no one really talks about, um, Drew Holiday, uh, although he's an elite defender, and Derek yeah. White. Like those two, like I think they're like now Persingas and, and and the two wings, the uh the Brown and Tatum, they get all the hype, right? But these other two guys, like if you it's funny, like when Derek White was out of the lineup, they were getting smacked by people, right? You know what I mean? When yeah. he was like his wife was having a baby. So I look at those two guys are the ones who are actually the difference makers, if you believe it or not, because they're like low key gritty and they're low key. One of the best backcourts in the NBA. So I like Chris Topps, great player, you know, unicorn, whatever you want to call them. Um, The other two guys are all NBA, but I think it's the two unheralded guards who are the ones who put them over the edge, so to speak talking some Philly sports here with Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer on the BetQL Network. Well, we got a couple of minutes left. I'm sure everybody's talked smack on the Eagles from every single direction. Uh, 
where exactly do you think things went wrong with that team this year? Because outside of the Chiefs and San Francisco heading into the season, they had the third best odds to win the whole thing. And I don't know if anybody told you, Keith, but they didn't. Nah, I think they were overhyped, man. Like, you know, the funny thing about it is, yeah, they were they were way overhyped. There was like games where he, like and I'm not an Eagles fan, right? So we could just say that I grew up in Philly, but I'm not an Eagles fan. But so I was like, you know, watching the games with my buddies and like, yo, man, that other team, they had like 15 mistakes and y'all won by a field goal at the end, you know, stuff like that. And and then when it got bad, it got bad. But I also think that you know, a lot of, I think that team chemistry was messed up. You know, you know how it is, like, you get good and you start reading your clippings, people get paid, and then all of a sudden, it's just a top, totally different dynamic. And then you start hearing, you know, the bickering off the court and things like off the field, rather, and things like that. So that's where it went wrong. But I just never thought they were as good as everyone hyped them up to be this season. Keith, I'm going to take it back to Embiid one more time, only because we're old poker buddies by, like, poker buddies. One time we played at the same table. Like, he barely even acknowledged me. But he was there with me <laughs> till about 2 a.m. Did you uh, win? Did you so win? <laughs> I won. He actually lost. But he uh, he he won in the long run, though. Uh, you know, he went home with a lot more money than I did in his pocket. But, yeah. so, you know, like last year, the year before that, in the playoffs, you know, they had the playoff collapse. And then if I turn on Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia or if I go on Twitter, there's people like, trade Embiid, get rid of Embiid. And I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. And, like, I'll give you guys anything other than the Michael Jordan statue for Joel Embiid right now. <laughs> How is he perceived? Like, is, is Embiid, because we were talking about Philadelphia, you know, and I was going to ask you kind of about Jalen and the way that he's perceived because I feel like he, he kind of, like, took a beating there at the end. And I'm a big Jalen fan. But what about Joel? Is he loved in Philadelphia? Do the people still love Joel Embiid even after, you know, the playoff failures, which really aren't his fault? It's weird. Like, I would say more people love him a lot, right? But there, there is a portion of the fan base that's like, yo, you got to get rid of this guy. I mean, there's a portion of the people who are saying, like, hey, Joel Embiid is a great player, but he's often injured. They look at his postseason stats and say that they're lower than the regular season stats and it shouldn't be that way. So, you know, there are some people and then you have these traditionalists who look at been, been, you know, older people who've been talking about if you're a seven foot center, all you need to do is do post up moves. And they see him taking people off the dribble and they're like, oh, what are you doing? But, you know, the, the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, you're going to have some people that feel that way. But me personally, you can't trade this guy. You can't get rid of him. No. I mean, it, you know, the thing about it is, like, people forget. Like, people were criticizing him, you know, when he was hurt and he couldn't play against uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic. But it was only 10 days before that where they were saying he was better than Will. We're talking about people in Philly. Right. So it's kind of yeah. like. What do you, you can't have it both ways. Like one minute he's better than Wilt Chamberlain. And then the next minute he's scared of a guy that he dropped 47 against a couple of days ago. Exactly. So, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer joining us here on the BetQL Network. You owe me dinner, Keith. Great stuff, man. Fun catching up with you. Coming up next, we get in the octagon. We talk some UFC right here on the BetQL Network.